Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really excited to have Jeff Robbins on the show today. So Jeff is the CEO at Live Data. Jeff's going to tell you a lot about what they do and his passions, but most importantly, I'm not going to steal Jeff's thunder. I'm really excited to have him on the show. Jeff, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, Anthony. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I always love our conversations. always love connecting with you. And, you know, we're part of the same kind of ecosystem. So it's, it's great to finally ground and, and just have a conversation about, you know, origin stories and what you're, what you're passionate about in health and how you got started. I'm always kind of curious on the, the origin behind superheroes like yourself. And, uh, <laughs> So maybe you can tell us a little bit about what led you to become the person you are. Yeah, yeah, happy to uh, try to share some of my uh, Krypton stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, full disclosure, um, uh, lifelong uh, student of philosophy and majored in philosophy at uh, Harvard of all places, where I learned that I knew nothing, and <laughs> and that can sound arrogant or something, but it's really sunken deep uh, that understanding the limits to what you know and learning how to learn and learning how to mm -hmm. continually ask and figure things out turned out to be pretty useful in the, in the healthcare field uh, where we have a tremendous population of experts and, and you know, brilliant minds, but really working in a system that no one's spent an awful lot of time thinking about. And mm -hmm. as a result, we're at a kind of scary point in our society where we're spending bordering on 20% of our GDP mm -hmm. on healthcare. And, um, you know, that's, that's, I think, a lot. I'm not an economist, but, you know, it sounds like a lot. And, uh, and, and, and not everyone's participating in that system either. So it's, we, we've got kind of this double whammy of, spending tons and not serving the whole population in our country. So anyway, uh, somehow philosophy connected me to uh, look at that from an outsider perspective, I guess. Um, and so that, that's kind of, uh, uh, kind of a stake in the ground. One, about what got me involved. Two was much more specific. Uh, I, I, have, I had a, and still have, a small tech-oriented startup, and uh, we were very active in the electric power field, and then Enron happened, mm. and it, it uh, kind of stalled out growth for us, mm -hmm. and it caused me as an entrepreneur to say, well, we're really good at interfacing different disparate systems and helping people make decisions with the signals from them. What else could we do? And that led me to uh, Mass General Hospital, which at the time had a project called Operating Room of the Future. And some of the people involved in that said, hey, your stuff looks cool. Can you help us remove some of these excessive number of screens we have hanging from booms in this operating room? They were literally banging their heads on these booms. They, they had so many different screens. And so, you know, what started out as kind of a academic feeling can we, you know, fuse information from several screens onto one project? Just turn into the journey that we're on now, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, by, and, and I think 
I think what allowed for that was uh, this research project uh, allowed us in, including me, um, into a functioning operating room at a hospital. Mm. So, so you know, I was trained in how not to break things, how not to touch things, and uh, <laughs> you know, and, and shut the heck up at the right moment. <laughs> Which is hard for me, Anthony, as you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I got to watch for a good part of a year—not full time, but you know, off and on cases performed. And you know, I'm, I, I don't have anything to offer anyone clinically, like you know, oh, don't cut there, or don't don't go on the bias there, or go with the grain. You know, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. But but as somebody who'd been working with workflow and IT for many years, I uh, started seeing kind of uh, the lack of a pattern, shall we say. And I realized that I was in a workspace that really is what you read about when you read about uh, the pre-industrial revolution kind of workshop phase mm-hmm. of labor. Uh, you have really skilled craftsmen, no offense to surgeon friends, I know, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, really, really skilled, but embedded in kind of a piecework, you know, hand done process. Where are my tools? Mm, if I'm grumpy, I'll shout at someone. Where are my tools? You know, <laughs> um, it, you know, instead of the, a system where the right things were showing up in anticipation of what each case needed, and it. it it was really intriguing and bewildering to me at the same time. I couldn't believe it was this way. But then I started understanding better as I thought about the, our medical education system. Is really we, we really have an apprenticeship-based system. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so the parallels with the pre-industrial revolution, you know, it's not just a metaphor. Um, I, it's really where that work mostly is yet into these rooms, we're starting to wheel robots. And, and so the parallels with, you know, almost post industrial revolution modernization efforts are also there. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the, the whole thing's really interesting. And it, it felt to me that my company live data had a, a, a unique opportunity to take the workflow and logistics problem that I was seeing and, and solve it with as much as you can in product with a system that allowed people working in that space to have prompts, uh, predictions, advice, to keep things moving way more smoothly. So that was, that was the vision phase, right? Where you see a problem, you go, oh, we could do something. And, and that's, I, I would say, the origin mm. uh, that got us uh, from uh, outsiders curious to let's do something about it. And we started building products in that context and haven't looked back. Nice. Nice. Jeff, I love it. Um, so thank you for that. Um, you know, a, a little bit about the, the background and journey that you've been on so far that have led you to where, you know, where you're at right now. Um, can you tell me a little bit about live data? So, you know, maybe walk, walk me through something that you guys, um, you know, some of the problems that you're solving, what you guys do. But I think most importantly, I'd love to hear more about your passions in health and what, 
other health topics today have your fixation and obviously maybe it converges with the problems that live data solves. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think as you've gotten a flavor for, um, you know, if I have any special skill, I like to think it's how how to make automation technology useful for people doing what mm-hmm. I would call a, a real job. Mm-hmm. And and people in a hospital are working on their feet. They're working with patients. They didn't go into that line of work to sit at a keyboard and you know futz with a computer all day. Now right. it's it's funny me saying that because I love to program, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, being a geeky guy with loving to program, I, you know, growing up in a world where I, I learned that many people didn't, you know, made me curious about what motivates people. And you know, I, it's it's beautiful how people are motivated to care for other people. And mm-hmm. I felt like, wow. So if you have a purpose on this earth, being a geeky guy, surely it's to help make that technology useful to those who aren't interested in it for its own sake, but for what it might do to make things better or easier. And so, so that, that's kind of propelled me and the company to trying to figure out how to simplify things for the teams performing surgery and other kinds of acute care, but, but, you know, other kinds of procedures, but really we can just say surgery and it's a good proxy for what we're up to. So, for example, um, there's widespread agreement now after studies that uh, certain kinds of checklists are a good idea to perform mm-hmm. before surgery. There's studies uh, by the World Health Organization and others that show that performing these checklists actually reduce errors and save lives. It's really dramatic. Uh, so what we've done is we've created an electronic format for these checklists and taking a four-button, really simple PowerPoint-style mouse, you know, like a wireless clicker mm-hmm. that a, circula- a circulating nurse can uh, either carry or wear on his or her neck on a sterilizable, washable lanyard. And rather than go log into a computer and document some kind of checklist process, they can literally lead the team with a big screen on the wall Mm -hmm. uh, in in an effective checklist that not only prompts with live information about who the patient is, what the procedure is, which side of the body, allergies, et cetera, uh, but also records the timestamps and the answers to the checklist. So the hospital gets a record of a detailed account of that checklist. And the Joint Commission, which is kind of the I'll just, they're not really the regulator of the industry in the States, but let's call them that, um, have actually in uh, surveys of hospitals have seen this in action and have asked our customers more than one to write it up as a best practice mm. for, for their internal library available to, to hospitals mm-hmm. because they were so impressed by how we've taken something that's mandatory, but no one tells you how to do a checklist. And we've actually made it simpler than sitting there at a desk, clicking along in the HR. But that said, we do push the data back to the HR, maintaining the HR as the system of record. Um, so we're, we're not there, you know, undermining the massive investment and use case of the electronic record. We think the record's awesome. We're just trying to 
help reduce the kind of what we'll call the manual scut work. Right. So that people can focus on delivering care. I love it. I love it. No, I, I love it, Jeff. Um, it's really great what you guys are doing. And it, it's great to see the leadership that you're bringing in this space, uh, you know, to, to this modern fever value market. Right. And it's, it's well timed. And um, I guess along those lines, Jeff, can you tell me a little bit about the future of health? Like where do you see what you're doing today, the problems that you're solving, you know, where do you see this going? What do you, where, you know, don't tell me about a dystopian future. Tell me about definitely the, uh, the optimistic version of health that you see happening and coming yeah. to fruition. Yeah. Right no, I, I am optimistic. Well, anyone who knows me knows I. Oh, yeah. I'm unnaturally oh, yeah. optimistic. But um, <laughs> I, I would say this. Uh, be, 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 if you accept the premise that we're at the pre-industrial revolution, mm -hmm. I think we're going to see dramatic impacts of once we all figure out how to take things that have already been achieved elsewhere and bring them to bear in this space, I think we're going to see dramatic improvements in both uh, safety and efficiency. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, you know, without kind of creating a, you know, scary, oh my God, it's going too fast. It's not safe, but we're going to be able to create more capacity in the existing hospitals in effect and run more cases more safely mm -hmm. um, in ways that I don't think we even begin to know all the ways, but we're, we're just starting to whittle away at it. And, right. um, and, and it connects with kind of the bigger picture of uh, population health as well. I mean, just picking up on your uh, podcast title there um, thematically, because you know, the patient plays a big role in this. And I, we think a well-prepared, well-guided patient will navigate the surgical journey in a much happier, much safer way, mm -hmm. uh, you know, provided the systems are in place to help and make it, make it really work. So that you'll see reduced cancellations, reduced reschedules, reduced sitting in a waiting room wondering where the heck are they or don't they know I'm here or, you know, your loved ones in surgery, what's going on with them? And, you know, is it okay? Should it have, and it turns out they've just been lying in the prep area for six hours. And, you know, you're, you're sitting there wondering, you know, oh my God. So it's, there's all sorts of things that happen right now that really are a function of uh, not having a system. Right. And, you know, it sounds kind of wonky, but I'll say a system of engagement to complement that system of record. And so I see companies, frankly, like yours, like mine and others who are coming in kind of as a, a new wave of innovation are, are adding engagement mm -hmm. to systems that really were just designed to be record keeping. Mm -hmm. And, Absolutely. um, and I think that trend will continue. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the pundits will talk then about systems of knowledge, et cetera, and, you know, machine learning and all that. And I, some, I, I can't predict which amounts of that will, you know, really work and be effective, right. but I, but I know some of it will and very little of it's being used right now. Right. So I, so I'm, I'm excited that we're working in this field right now where this is starting to happen and uh, the dynamics of our U.S. market are tough, but mm -hmm. uh, but but 
but things do emerge and happen. And, uh, you know, I, I'm convinced that, uh, you know, the persistent entrepreneurs who uh, keep at it will make a difference. And right. we will see, we will see a much better system in our lifetime. I love it. I love it. Jeff, this is, this is great. Um, it was great to, you know, finally, you know, get you on and, and, uh, you know, hear your story, have you tell your story, your, your passions and health. Uh, but most importantly, you know, the, the, the trail that you're blazing here and, you know, the, the leadership that you're bringing to this space, um, congrats on the success of live data and the growth. And, and it's, it's exciting to see. Um, my very last question for you is uh, if our listeners would love to get a hold of you or interact with you on social media and vice versa, what would be a great way to do so, Jeff? Uh, yeah, they can uh, simply uh, email me at jrobbins at livedata.com, J-R-O-B-B-I-N-S at livedata.com, and uh, be eager to, uh, to uh, talk to them. Awesome. Awesome. Jeff, so we'll link to that in the show notes. And uh, again, this was great. It was great hearing your story, your focus, the, the future that you're marching towards in health and, and, and what you're doing. And it's super exciting to see. I always love our conversations. You always, um, you know, are super uplifting to those around you and super supportive. And, you know, in this market where you know, there's innovators in health. It's not the easiest thing. And so, you know, us all sticking together and supporting each other is, is just great. And so it's, it's just great to, great to have you on and always great to stay connected here. So thanks for being on the show, Jeff. This was great. Uh, likewise, Anthony. Thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate talking with you. Thanks so much. All right.